Welcome to Rethink Retirement, a Next Up podcast. I'm Victoria Tomlinson. And I'm Trevor Hassan. We're here to show you how you can use your skills and experience as you move into retirement. Or unretirement, as we like to call it. This is a key time in your life, and whether you're thinking of slowing right down, volunteering, or taking up a new challenge, it's a lot to take in. Each episode, we'll meet somebody who's already been through this, and we hope it'll inspire you. And today, we're absolutely delighted to welcome Ian McCubbin, CBE, uh, who trained as a pharmacist, got a degree in pharmacy, and then had a long-standing career as executives in the pharmaceutical industry, most latterly with GlaxoSmithKline. Ian prepared for his retirement, and then along came COVID. Ian, welcome. Thank you, Trevor. Nice to see you and, and you too, Victoria. Lovely to be here. It's, it's great to hear your story. I'm very excited about this. So, Ian, I wonder if you could kick us off. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today. Well, thanks, Trevor. So, as you know, as you mentioned, I'm a pharmacist by training and it maybe doesn't sound too relevant by the time you've worked for 40 years, but it was for me because it set me off on a path in the pharmaceutical industry, which is a little unusual, actually, because most pharmacists end up in hospital or, or in a shop somewhere. But a number of us end up in the industry. And to cut a long story short, Trevor, I had a great career in industry, spent all of it, almost all in manufacturing. I'm a bit of a planner by nature, so I had planned to retire when I was 55 because I'm quite active. I like to play golf and sport and stuff like that. And I thought, better get it done before I get too old and do it. So I'd planned to retire at 55. And also, I had seen a few people during my career who'd got a little bit trapped in the later stages of their career of having to work and not really enjoying it. So I wanted to try and avoid that if I possibly could. But as it turned out, I got to 55 and really, really enjoyed working in GlaxoSmithKline. It's a great company, great people, great work that it does. And, you know, my job was was brilliant. And so the five years between 55 and 60, when I did finally retire, I was quite liberated because I knew the worst that could happen was somebody could fire me and that wouldn't have been too <laughs> bad. So the plan kind of worked. Then when I got to 60, I, I planned to retire then because in my late 50s, I found it increasingly difficult to be jumping off and on planes and packing a bag on a Sunday night and coming back on a Saturday morning. So all of that worked out, but I wasn't quite ready to hang up my boots at age 60. And I continued in the industry and consultancy. Uh, so from about 2017, and then, as you mentioned, COVID struck, um, and that totally, totally changed, changed the plan um, at the beginning of 2020. And uh, instead of working a few days a month, which I had been doing for two or three years, I went into the vaccines task force full time from about May 2020 till June 2021. So I'm effectively retiring again, Trevor, as it turns out. <laughs> so that's, that's the potted version of the story. Ian, just tell me, what did it feel like? You had got in your mind, you were, let, let's say, slowing down slightly. I mean, you were pretty active. But suddenly this chance comes out of the blue and that's a full-time role. I mean, I can understand what you say about planes. And of course, with COVID, there were no planes at yeah. least for you. Yeah. But what did it feel like doing something uh, suddenly back to full time? Hmm. It's a very interesting question, Victoria, because it kind of 
changed. It didn't go straight into full time, but you could tell. So basically the what that I was asked to do was to develop supply chains to make the Oxford University vaccine. And the, there was a, another vaccine being developed at the time by Imperial uh, College London. I was asked to put a group together to develop those supply chains. So as soon as that started, you knew if it succeeded, it was definitely not a two or three week job. This was going to run. So I kind of knew it was. I kind of slipped into that. So to answer your question at different periods in time. So when I first started, it was incredibly exciting because all of a sudden you could see all this stuff on the news and you were part of it and you could see things happening. And that was incredibly exciting. But then I guess in the middle of summer 2020 and later on in 2020, it was much more like working, you know. So all of a sudden you felt the responsibilities of what if this doesn't work? What if we can't make this work? And and that responsibility did weigh quite heavily, you know, and there were a few sleepless nights. And strangely enough, as time goes past, you forget about the bad stuff or the worrying stuff. And all of a sudden you think, wow, wasn't it such a great privilege to have been part of that? And how lucky am I that I was able to do it? So it's a, a bit of a roller coaster to be honest. But it also had implications for the rest of the family, of course. Oh, yes. So, so do you want to talk about that? So we've, we've had three grandchildren in the period of my retirement. So the first one came along in 2018, and that was just amazing. So for anybody who has experienced that, all of a sudden you have the joys of a youngster, but not totally the responsibilities. And that changed my thought process a lot. And I would have been quite happy to spend more time with a little guy and, you know, less time working. And two others have come along since. There was an enormous sense of, we have to succeed at this. I was totally committed. And and my wife, who has ever, you know, for 40 years had supported me through my career. And then it was back to square one again for her because I was working from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. And and she was carrying the the bulk of the the domestic duties. So I was very, very lucky in that respect, Victoria. It's it's really interesting, Ian, that, you know, you felt that sense of duty and just kind of threw yourself into it because you weren't planning, you know, to get back on the horse and (laughs) work, you know, 12 hours a day every day. Tell me a bit more about the ups and downs I mean you obviously got a lot of support from the family do you have a mentor or somebody you talk to about these sorts of things yeah so throughout my career Trevor I have had fantastic support from people and what goes around comes around so I try really really hard whenever I get an opportunity to give back to people because I think there is some force somewhere that sort of makes this whole wheel go around of help the, the BIA, the Bioindustry Association that I work very closely with, the CEO there, Steve Bates, was a great source of sounding board and support. But also there were a number of other people that I turned to as sounding boards. I'll not mention them all, Trevor, but there was probably three or four that I depended on heavily for a little bit of sanity and, you know, what would you do if questions. And so that was a very, very important part of the last 18 months. Kate Bingham, though, I would say Kate, who effectively I worked for, just fantastic. You know, whenever there was anything that you must have seen her or some of the television programs, she is exactly like that the whole time. And she is just a fantastic person to be around, gives an amazing amount of energy. You've gone through and are going through again this double whammy of retirement, whatever we call it. Did you have an emotional response 
the first time. I mean, a lot of people find it a really hard thing. You know, one minute you're full on, you're a, a demigod in your organization almost. And then suddenly on Monday, not to be rude, you know, who are you, if you yeah. like? Did you find that bit hard? And then are you going to find it hard again now after all that excitement? I should be better at it the second time around <laughs> than Victoria. I did find it hard the first time around. And people say work shouldn't define you, but mm -hmm. to some extent it does. And especially if you've enjoyed what you've been doing. And I think I would have found it impossible the first time around to go from what I was doing to nothing. And yet most of the people I worked with, most of my colleagues had done exactly that. So I didn't have a role model, really, of somebody that I saw that had made the perfect transition. And, you know, in hindsight, I should have got some more help to figure that out. I should have got some more help. Now, it worked out quite well because uh, the consultancy that I did was interesting with interesting people and I could be choosy. And the non-executive role that I took on was great. So th they all worked out well. I wanted and still want to find a role in sports somehow, but I found it incredibly difficult. So because I have no track record. And, and one of the things that's interesting for people like me with either gray hair or no hair, that are fairly senior males, is we are exactly the wrong demographic. We're a difficult demographic to fit into other organizations on a more formal basis because we do nothing for the diversity. And, and I understand that. So it's not a moan. Yeah, it's really yeah. not a moan. But I think that makes the retirement process a wee bit more difficult for some of us that had I had some help would have been better. The second retirement. I don't know how I'm going to get on with that yet, Victoria, because it's like midsummer. The days are beautiful. I've only been doing it for two months. It feels like I'm still on extended holiday. I'm playing golf two or three times a week, which I hadn't done at all. So I'm, I'm about to figure it out all over again and try and make a better job of it this next time. And Ian, aside from a role in sport, <laughs> which I'm sure you'll crack, what else is on the horizon for you looking forward? Well, the grandchildren, Trevor. So we've yep. got three. The last time I saw you, I was with the family and I had one of them perched yep. on my shoulders. And so that is very, very important. And, you know, that's a, that is an incredibly important part of what next, I think. Apart from that, from work-wise, I maybe need some help, actually, because... <laughs> yeah, we can do that. <laughs> well, but one of the things that I want to do, but I've been kind of frightened of, is to go into charity role somehow because you you know you do hear horror stories about they only want you because they want you to go and talk to your friends and get them yeah. to donate stuff Love and all that sort of thing yeah. so so I'm, I'm i'm a little bit rethinking is the truth of it and what i have found is that in order to add value to other people and other organizations you probably need to stick to your core this dream of going out and using all your expertise in in, in a sporting environment somehow doesn't translate very well. So I probably need to see how far away from my core I can actually migrate. But you know what, Jim? One of the things that we say to people is, and you were talking about getting help before you left GSK would, would have been helpful. And one of the things that we're saying to people is go and get involved in something for free with no expectation and just getting to know and offering help and sort of mm. having lots of conversations and that, I think, might be the way for you now to start yeah. thinking about and going and we can help you because we've got lots of connections, too. So we, that's a fun match with this podcast. 
Um, but I think that's what is quite difficult when you've been in a corporate life for so long. It's not something that you're used to doing. In a way, the non-exec role, a lot of people say, the reason I've gone for it is because there's a sort of career path to commas and the sort of jobs advertised and the sort of way you can add you can go for them rather than this whole thing of this is a completely blank sheet where on earth do I start does that resonate with you at all so GSK did help me first time round, and uh, they were fa- it's, a, it's a tremendous company fantastic company yeah. with great values my boss particularly helped me a lot at the time because I knew I wanted to do something and he lined up projects to help me so one of the I knew I was interested in advanced therapies just to go back to that one and so I worked with the government on how to create an environment for pharmaceutical companies to embed advanced therapy manufacturing in the UK and that's actually what led me into the vaccines task force strangely enough I think for anybody who's contemplating this they've got to work really hard with their boss probably to create opportunities in the sort of things that they might want to do I think where where help's needed more professionally is where you want to take a leap somewhere that's a bit further from what you actually do in your job, because I just think that that's more difficult for a company to do. They can do it, they do do it, but it is a wee bit more tricky. And a smaller company, imagine if you were a a big job in a small company where they didn't have the resources of GSK, it'd be even harder, I imagine. Ian? That's been really, really inspiring. Thank you for sharing your uh, your story and your experience and, you know, everything else, the feelings, the, the, the future plans. I'm, I'm sure a lot of what you said will resonate with other people and, and help help people think about what they do with their unretirement. So, Ian, with all of this, you've clearly done brilliantly, even though you, there are things unfinished for you. Looking at what's happened so far, and it's only the beginning of your journey after all, what kind of takeaways have you got from what's happened and what advice would you give to other people? I think um, the first thing I'd say, Victoria, is everybody's different. The path that I've chosen might not necessarily suit anybody else. It's helped me. What I do think is that nothing happens by magic. So it's worth investing time to think well in advance of when you do retire, get some seeds planted for things that you might want to do. And get some help about defining what you really want. I stayed, you know, on the sort of escalator or the trajectory I was on. And, you know, if I could travel back uh, five or six years or so, I could have probably done better in figuring out what maybe there's something a wee bit more radical. Not that I'm dissatisfied with the way that it's worked out. On reflection would be could have done better, at least created some choice. Ian, you're very young still. If you don't mind my saying, you're still a chick. So I think there's still time for you to do all of that. Uh, What a great interview, Ian. And thank you so much. But also, I'm sure everybody listening will be thanking you for what you have done for the country. I feel quite emotional now. And it's been one of the great stories of the century. It must be in terms of the vaccine and helping people. So thank you to you and to all the, the thousands of people that you worked with for what you've done. And I hope that you make the same impact in sport in some way in the future. Thank you very much, Victoria. And thank you, Trevor, for uh, arranging the interview. Great to see you. Um, And thanks for your time. Cheers. Well, what a fantastic, bit of a hero, actually, don't you think, Trevor? Yes, I do. Um, Very modest still. 
And I'm so glad that he was so honest about this process because that's one of the problems of this transition phase that people aren't very honest. And then everybody thinks I'm the only person who's had a really difficult time. Yeah. And hopefully people like Ian talking about that process is going to make people realize what more we can do. And also I thought it was really interesting about what he started doing in his company, because that's one of the things we're trying to get people to do, look for things to get new networks experience while you're still working, which is so much easier, yeah. and trying to move into something. But I'll tell you what I also laughed about, well, is it laughing? I'm not sure. It's planes, that's, well, once upon a time, planes used to be what, I've heard so many people say, I was at an airport at three o'clock in the morning in Mumbai airport or whatever, and I thought, what am I doing here? And it's that that people kind of want to give up, not yeah. necessarily to retire, but it's that sort of killer lifestyle that you reach a point. Say, I just don't think I've got the energy for this anymore. Yeah. Very interesting because he, he he said, you know, I'm a planner and he had a plan and the plan was being executed beautifully. And then bang, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you got pulled back into more than full-time work I mean he was he was a bit modest about he was working flatter one of the other things that really struck me was the importance of family and yeah. mentors and other people people that you can have as a sounding board people you can bounce ideas off you know he, he obviously hugely values that it's very very common and essential that you can share it's interesting though that he's clearly a collaborative person he clearly asks for help from lots of places but he's struggling to know what to do at this stage. I sent him one of our blogs around what you do with a blank sheet. It kind of worries me because in some ways it's not rocket science to help people sort of get further forward. And I just worry that we're wasting talent. I mean, if the COVID hadn't, the whole vaccine stuff hadn't happened, Ian is a classic that he might have been doing that non-exec, trying to get into other things. I'm happy. I'm going to, I'm going to stick to golf for my grandchildren. And I just feel what a waste for the country. All this talent that could be helping that experience. And just because it's quite a difficult process to use those skills, we're wasting it. But he's come out of that vaccine task force with real recognition. Oh, gosh, yes. And, and, I, and you know, his CV now will look oh, yeah. quite different. And, yeah. and I'm sure he'll move on to other things. But he's also a good example of opportunities at this stage it's not a very it's not a linear career once you leave no I hate that word retirement but anyway once you've left corporate life it's harder than any job career really to plan yeah. and actually you've got to say yes to lots of things this was clear a real critical yeah well, it would it would have been hard to say no I think yeah. <laughs> that was a good one wasn't it I thought it was fascinating and I'm sure that uh, all our future guests are going to be just as interesting, each in their own different ways. So if you don't want to miss out and you shouldn't, do subscribe. Just go to next-up.com and don't forget the hyphen. You'll also find lots of tips and other stories to help you find inspiration at this stage in your life. And we look forward to seeing you again. Seeing you is that the right word? Come and join us. We, we want to share these stories.